We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go. Episode 763 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Thursday, February 15th, 2024. Uh, the day after a horrendous tragedy. Uh, what happened toward the end of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl championship parade on Wednesday. A mass shooting, one person dead, 21 people wounded. Uh, per a news conference on Wednesday evening, eight of the 21 people wounded were in immediately life-threatening condition. Seven were in life-threatening condition, and six had minor injuries. Uh, also, per that news conference, three people had been detained and were under investigation. Just awful, obviously. I will say this, uh, that video that has gone viral, the video of multiple people tackling and restraining one of the armed shooters, uh, what a scene that was. Those people who tackled and restrained that armed shooter, uh, absolute heroes. A salute uh, to those people. Well, hello and welcome to this uh, Thursday installment of the Al Galdi podcast on a much different level. Uh, Wednesday was a major news day regarding the commanders. And I next segment, I'm going to react to and discuss all of the news, including the commanders hiring a key front office executive from the Detroit Lions. Uh, the commanders have raided the Lions for a person who has been instrumental in their recent NFL draft success. The commanders on Wednesday afternoon announced the hiring of Lance Newmark as assistant general manager. Uh, this is a big deal. This is a good deal. Uh, I'll explain why. Also on Wednesday were more reports about the coaching staff of new commanders head coach Dan Quinn, and it is a staff that reportedly will include Anthony Lynn as run game coordinator in some form. Yet another big get for the coaching staff, yet another coach with significant and high-level experience on this coaching staff. The commanders have put together a coaching staff loaded with guys with pedigree. Doesn't guarantee success, okay? We all get that. Uh, this is still, as Dan Quinn said during his uh, introductory press conference on February 5th, a recalibration, not a rebuild, but a recalibration. This is a recalibrate, you know, finding our north again. And that starts, you know, with our identity of our club. So, no, I, you will not hear me say the word rebuild at all. Yeah, a recalibration. So, you know, we can't get too giddy over everything. But from my perspective, what is happening with the commander's coaching staff is really good to see. And there was a lot more to the commander's Wednesday. So I'll get into all of that next segment. Also on the show, I'll talk Wizards and Maryland basketball. Some very encouraging things from the Wizards and Terrapins on Wednesday night. The Wizards did lose a 133-126 loss at the New Orleans Pelicans, but the Wizards in the game made 21 threes, a new franchise record for most made threes in a regular season game. And the rise of Denny Avdia continues. Uh, he had 43 points 15 rebounds, including five offensive boards, three assists versus three turnovers, and a team best plus minus rating of plus 
14. And then with the Terps, uh, they got a much-needed victory, a 78-66 win over Iowa at Xfinity Center in College Park, Maryland. The Terps overcame an 11-point first-half deficit and a 10-point second-half deficit. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from an OG sponsor of this podcast, John Grandland, aka John G. Uh, John Grandland, Dr. George Verghese, and Paulson and Ace are three of the OG sponsors of this podcast. Writes John G. about the commanders hiring Dan Quinn as head coach. There is a universal opinion that Dan Quinn probably wasn't the commander's first choice, but he still is a good hire, and the team may have ultimately decided that he was the best hire. There also is this feeling that we are lucky that we dodged a bullet by not getting Ben Johnson. That's weird because all that I have heard for months is how great Ben Johnson is. And what I saw was his offense dissect defenses all season long. Guess my eyes were lying. (laughs) I think that the Dan Quinn hire is a total disaster. Dan Quinn is a Salisbury alum like myself, and I promise you that you don't need to be a Mensa member (laughs) to to get accepted there. Dan Quinn is Ron Rivera 2.0 and is the result of ego getting in the way of what should have been a great opportunity for a young offensive coach to step in. There were several besides Johnson to choose from. The team waited on Johnson, who seemed very interested until he met the search committee. Not a great sign. What do people say about Quinn? He is a great leader. His players play hard for him and his players love him. You know what people don't say about Quinn? Innovative, smart, or cutting edge. Jay Gruden has described Quinn's defense as basic, but that his guys play hard. What? Sorry if I'm not sitting on the edge of my seat to see what version of a cover one that Quinn will be running in week one. The team desperately needs an injection of hope so that we don't have to sit through 17 away games next season. (laughs) Could Dan Quinn be great? Maybe. But I'll give that the same odds that I gave Sam Howell of becoming a franchise quarterback. Quinn is a fifth round pick. Wow. (laughs) Thank you. For the email, John G. John G. bringing the heat. Uh, I will say this for John G. He, prior to the 2023 season, thought that the commanders were going to be really bad. And he was right. <laughs> Much more right than people like me were. I thought that the commanders were going to go 10-7 and <laughs> in, in the regular season and get a wild card spot in the playoffs. That's what I thought going into the 2023 season. Cuckoo! Cuckoo! Yeah, exactly. More wrong I could not have been. Uh, One of the reasons that I, on this podcast, have spent a good bit of time exploring what really happened in the commander's head coaching search is because the truth matters. What actually happened in the bizarre saga with Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson matters. That the commanders reportedly offered their head coaching job to Mike McDonald before he took the Seattle Seahawks head coaching job matters. Why the commanders did not interview two offensive coordinators who got head coaching jobs this offseason. New Carolina Panthers head coach Dave Canales and New Tennessee Titans head coach Brian Callahan matters. And the purpose of exploring this stuff isn't to dwell on these situations. No, the purpose of exploring this stuff is to have a clear and accurate picture of what happened in a head coaching search that was secretive, but really important. If Dan Quinn thrives as commander's head coach, and hopefully he does thrive, then what happened with Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald and why the commanders didn't even interview Dave Canales and Brian Callahan won't matter so much. But if Dan Quinn does not do well as commander's head coach, then we're going to have every right to look back on the process that resulted in him being hired as commander's head coach with an especially critical eye. And so knowing the truth about what happened in that process will matter a lot. Uh, John G. in his email said that people are saying that Dan Quinn's players like him and play hard for him, but people are not saying that Quinn is innovative, smart, or cutting edge. And John's right about that. People are not saying that about Quinn, but that doesn't mean that Quinn isn't those things. Uh, He does seem to have made a genuine attempt to learn from what went wrong from his tenure as Atlanta Falcons head coach. And I'll give you an example, and this was something 
that was talked about by our great guest on Monday's show, episode 760, Howard Gutman, the former United States ambassador to Belgium and a good friend of and strategic advisor for Mitchell Rails, who is the top limited partner in the commander's ownership group, the Josh Harris Group. Uh, Now, the ambassador cannot just come on this show and tell us all kinds of secrets, okay? But what the ambassador can do is, shall we say, guide us in the right direction. He can serve as a North Star of sorts. And the ambassador made a great point about the succession plan on offense that the commanders have established. One of the undeniable realities of Dan Quinn's tenure as Falcons head coach was what happened pre-Kyle Shanahan versus post-Kyle Shanahan. One of Kyle's stops in between being Redskins offensive coordinator and now San Francisco 49ers head coach was serving as Falcons offensive coordinator January 2015 to February 2017. Dan Quinn's regular season record as Falcons head coach with Kyle 29 and 19. Dan Quinn's regular season record as Falcons head coach without Kyle 14 and 23. Big difference, obviously. And a big reason for the big difference was that Dan Quinn did not have a proper succession plan for if slash when Kyle got hired as a head coach. Well, This commander's coaching staff under Dan Quinn, at least in theory, has a succession plan if Cliff Kingsbury does well as offensive coordinator and gets another head coaching job. The commanders reportedly have former Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator Brian Johnson as an offensive assistant and reportedly are retaining a young offensive assistant who is very well thought of, Tavita Pritchard as quarterbacks coach. Uh, Now, I would say, uh, let's see our team actually have a good offense for the first time since at least the 2017 season, maybe even the 2016 season, before we start really worrying about offensive coordinator succession plans, okay? But you get the idea. This setup of Cliff Kingsbury, Brian Johnson, and Tavita Pritchard seems to be, at least in part, a result of Dan Quinn having learned from something that went wrong for him as Falcons head coach. Uh, I also would say this, Dan Quinn has adapted his defensive philosophy as time has gone on. So I don't know if that qualifies as innovative or cutting edge, but that does qualify as smart, right? Uh, Our great guest on Wednesday's show, episode 762, Commander's Analyst Mark Bullock talked about how Quinn has evolved with his defense. And take a listen to this from Quinn at his introductory press conference as commander's head coach on February 5th. Quinn on the evolution of his defensive philosophy. I think it's it's good to know that, like, I'll tell you a quick story of why. Like, you have to evolve, and it does have to change. And um, during that time of reflection, I said, in between uh, leaving Atlanta and going to Dallas, I think I referred to Josh and Adam and, like, you know, did a 360 on myself. The other thing I did during that time defensively was we put the tape together from 2013 to 2020. So that included Seattle and it included Atlanta because it was really the same system in those eight years of defense. And what had once been good was no longer good enough. And so playing three deep the way that we did in Seattle and early on in Atlanta, there were some good things that went along with that. As it went further, more completions when you played this kind of vision zone, more troubled routes. And there's some excellent offensive coaches, so they knew this and this causes them problems and this and this. So coming back for that second lap, I knew I wasn't going to rinse and repeat. What were some things around the league and in through college ball that could be different? And so coming back into Dallas, the system that we put together will be similar to the one here to say, let's collectively put together the commander's offense and defense. So that's why it evolved, where some things were good early on and they changed. Some things can stand the test of it, this front, this thing, but it did have to evolve, especially on the coverage side. The uh, the offense and the quarterbacks were moving ahead faster than that scheme would allow. And so that is why having that space for me, although it sucked and it was depressing and pissed you off, there was this silver lining in that that made me become a better coach because I had to look at myself, not just from the, the the lens of a head coach, but I also had to look at it from a lens on defense. I had to look at it, why weren't we good enough in four-minute offense? I wanted to go back and find it through those years. And so that's why I was so adamant about 
when you get those lessons, like you want to go and run with them to prove it. And so they've been in my pocket <laughs> on some things and others I got to the show through you know my time in Dallas. And that was a fun process to go through. So that's where it was where things evolved and changed. And, you know, in five or six years from now, it won't be the same exact things anymore either. So you have to constantly keep pushing. You've got to be innovative. You've got to be on the edge of things. Not all the things that you try work. You know, like it goes like this. So sometimes in OTAs and training camp, let's look at a coverage or look at a blitz and then take it out. It's too busy. takes too much time. If, if a player has to overthink it, it's not the right call. You know, I want them, you know, from the lens of their vision in the helmet that they can go and really attack. And if I have to make them overthink it, whether it be at the quarterback position, this check to this check to this check, or as a defensive play caller uh, to this, to this, to this, and they have to slow down where they can't play fast and aggressive and hitting, then it's not the right fit. So there's some trial and error, but um, it is part of coaching that makes this profession so much fun because it's always evolving. It's never, you don't get bored doing this. So it feeds into my good, okay, what's next personality. But I do like that there's something next and it's next and it's next and you better keep up and or you get left behind on some things. And I learned that lesson. And so that's why evolving and having a plan of how to do that each off season, that's a really big deal. All right. So that was a long answer. One of many long answers from Dan Quinn during his introductory press conference as commander's head coach. But I thought that that was a really good and interesting answer and spoke to Quinn's football IQ and adaptive nature and humility from a standpoint of, hey, you've got to change. You've got to grow. Uh, I get the concerns with Dan Quinn as commander's head coach. I do. For me, there are two things that I especially wonder about. Number one, it does not appear that he was the commander's number one choice to be their head coach. And number two, the commander is in a time in which the trend in the NFL has been to go with a younger, offensive-minded, first-time head coach or going with an older, defensive-minded retread head coach, okay? And I say retread tongue-in-cheek, okay? Because I know that that has become like a buzzword for a lot of people. But NFL history is filled with guys who in their second stints as head coaches did a lot better than those guys did in their first stints as head coaches. And there are reasons to believe that Dan Quinn can be one of those guys. And I hope like heck that he is one of those guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, please consider following the podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of the podcast. Uh, it is basically impossible to have sustained success in the current NFL without drafting well. Uh, periodic success, yes. Uh, sustained success, no. Since the start of modern free agency in the 1993 offseason and then the installation of the salary cap beginning with the 1994 offseason, I can't think of one example of an NFL team that did not draft well having sustained success. Washington <laughs> has not truly drafted well for decades. Uh, you have to go back 
to the great Bobby Bethard's time as Redskins general manager. February 1978 to May 1989 for the last time that Washington truly drafted well. Well, maybe, hopefully, that's about to change. We on Wednesday had a whole lot of Commander's news, but principal among the news items was the Commanders on Wednesday afternoon announcing the hiring of Lance Newmark as assistant general manager. A very fitting last name, Newmark. He, to the Commanders, is new, and he is here to make his mark. (laughs) Uh, Lance Newmark had spent the last 26 seasons, 1998 through 2023, in the Detroit Lions front office. He most recently was the Lions' senior director of player personnel. He had had that job since June 2022. Newmark was the Lions' director of player personnel from May 2017 to June 2022. And Newmark was the Lions' college scouting director from May 2015 to May 2017. The rise of the Lions has been one of the biggest stories in the NFL over the last two seasons, right? The Lions had four consecutive double-digit loss regular seasons from 2018 through 2021, but then went 9-8 and eight in the 2022 regular season and went 12-5-1 and five and won the NFC North in the 2023 regular season and then advanced to the NFC Championship game. Uh, there are multiple reasons for this uh, rise of the Lions, but maybe the biggest reason is the Lions drafting. The Lions have become quite good at the NFL draft. Uh, Their president and CEO is Rod Wood. Uh, He oversees all football and business operations of the Lions. Uh, The Lions executive vice president and general manager is Brad Holmes. Wood and Holmes certainly deserve credit for the Lions' good drafting, but so too does Lance Newmark. Among the many impressive draft picks by the Lions during Newmark's time as Lions Director of Player Personnel and Senior Director of Player Personnel. So we're talking the 2018 NFL Draft through the 2023 NFL Draft. Center Frank Ragnow with the number 20 overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. Tight end TJ Hawkinson with the number 8 overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. Running back DeAndre Swift in the second round of the 2020 NFL Draft. Guard Jonah Jackson in the third round of the 2020 NFL Draft. Right tackle Panay Sewell with the number seven overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Receiver Amonra St. Brown in the fourth round of the 2021 NFL Draft. St. Brown is one of the best draft picks by any team in recent NFL history. Edge defender Aiden Hutchinson with the number two overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. Safety Kirby Joseph in the third round of the 2022 NFL Draft. I can keep going. (laughs) Running back Jameer Gibbs with the number 12 overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Look, I don't like drafting running backs in first rounds, but Gibbs had a good 2023 season. You can't deny that. Uh, Tight end Sam Laporta in the second round of the 2023 NFL Draft. Defensive back Brian Branch in the second round of the 2023 NFL Draft. Two of the best teams at doing the NFL Draft in recent years have been the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions. Uh, Well, (laughs) the Commanders now have as their general manager, Adam Peters, who, of course, worked for the Niners for years. January 2017, to January 2024. He was their vice president of player personnel January 2017 to February 2021 when he was promoted to assistant general manager. And the commanders now have as their assistant general manager, Lance Newmark. Two of the best teams at doing the NFL draft in recent years have been the Niners and Lions. And the commanders now have two guys who were key reasons for the Niners and Lions drafting well in recent years. And then there's this. Lance Newmark began his NFL career by spending the 1996 and 1997 seasons as a staff assistant for the San Diego Chargers, who at the time had Bobby Bethard as their general manager. Lance Newmark began his NFL front office career working under the greatest GM in Washington history, Bobby Bethard. 
uh, from Adam Peters in the commander's press release announcing the hiring of Lance Newmark. Quote, I am thrilled to welcome Lance Newmark to the Washington Commanders. Lance is someone that I have known and respected in the scouting community my entire career. He is a highly respected talent evaluator and a great leader who will fit perfectly into what we're building here in Washington. I want to thank Brad Holmes and the Lions organization for being first class and working with us on the process of bringing Lance to the DMV. Lance is a phenomenal person and he will immediately elevate our overall personnel function here at the Commanders. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome Lance and his family to Washington, end quote. Uh, This is exciting news. This is really encouraging news. The Commanders appear to be building themselves a big boy front office, a proper front office, a high football IQ front office. Uh, We'll see how things go, okay? As I've been saying with this commander's revamping of football operations, you can like what's happening, but you can't just plant the flag of victory, okay? We got to see what these people do. But right now, at this moment in time, given what we know, I don't know how you don't like what's happening with our football team. Uh, The commanders on Wednesday afternoon announcing Lance Newmark as their assistant general manager was the most significant commander's news of the day, but that was not the only commander's news of the day. Uh, The commanders on Wednesday afternoon also announced the demotions of the Martys. Uh, Now, the Marty party is continuing, uh, but the Marty party is continuing in a reduced role. The Marty party now has been downgraded uh, to a Marty gathering, (laughs) a Marty get-together. The commanders on Wednesday afternoon announced that Martin Mayhew has become the team's senior personnel executive slash advisor to the GM. Uh, He with the team and had the title of general manager since January 2021. So the commanders no longer are listing two general managers uh, on the team's website. For a while there, we had Adam Peters as the commander's general manager and Martin Mayhew as the commander's general manager. Uh, That thankfully is no longer the case. Uh, And the commanders on Wednesday afternoon announced that Marty Herney has become an advisor for the team. Uh, He with the team had had the title of executive vice president of football slash player personnel since January 2021. So Martin Mayhew now the team's senior personnel executive slash advisor to the GM and Marty Herney now an advisor for the team. Most of you know this, but in case that you don't, in sports, moving someone to the role of advisor (laughs) is almost always a demotion, okay? Uh, When Monumental Basketball President Michael Winger on January 25th announced that Wes Unsell Jr. was out as Wizards head coach, the press release issued by the Wizards said that Wes would, quote, transition from his role as head coach of the Washington Wizards into a front office advisory position, end quote. Yes, an advisory position, the role of advisor. Uh, That is code for demotion, okay? That is code for you're no longer in charge of all of the things that you had been in charge of. That is code for you're still under contract. We're going to have to pay you anyway, so we're making you an advisor, okay? And our advice to you is to go sit in the corner, okay, and not screw anything up anymore. Uh, (laughs) It is worth noting that Martin Mayhew did work with Lance Newmark for years. So I don't know necessarily that like Mayhew is being buried in the organization the way that Marty Herney seemingly is being buried. And in fairness to Marty Herney, he may essentially be retiring, okay? I mean, Marty Herney has been working in the NFL for a long time. Martin Mayhew spent 15 years in the Detroit Lions organization, 2001 to 2015. He was their general manager, September 2008 to November 2015. So Martin Mayhew knows Lance Newmark well. And of course, Mayhew also worked with Adam Peters uh, during their time together with the 49ers. Uh, Mayhew was with the Niners for four seasons, 2017 through 2020. He, for the 2017 and 2018 seasons, was Niners senior personnel executive. He, for the 2019 and 2020 seasons, was the Niners vice president of player personnel. Also with the commander's front office was commander's insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post on Wednesday evening reporting that Rob Rogers is staying with the commanders as senior vice president of football administration. As for new commander's head coach Dan Quinn's coaching staff, we on Thursday afternoon at 2.30 are scheduled 
to have the start of both the commander's new offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury, and the commander's new defensive coordinator, Joe Witt Jr., speaking to reporters. Yes, we expect to hear from both Cliff and Joe on Thursday afternoon. This, as we on Wednesday had more news on the makeup of this Dan Quinn coaching staff. Uh, we on Wednesday morning had multiple reports that the commanders are hiring Tom Donatel as defensive backs coach. We later Wednesday morning had multiple reports that the commanders are hiring Anthony Lynn for a prominent role as an offensive coach. ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter reported that the role will be run game coordinator. And then commanders insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post on Wednesday evening reported that Anthony Lynn's title will be running backs coach slash run game coordinator. And then we on Wednesday afternoon had multiple reports that the commanders are hiring Daryl Tepp as their defensive line coach. Uh, the biggest item out of these coaching hires is Anthony Lynn. Uh, Anthony Lynn is a rushing offense mastermind. He spent the last two seasons as the San Francisco 49ers assistant head coach slash running backs coach. He held that position from February 2022 uh, to now, February 2024. The Niners, of course, have had outstanding rushing offenses these last two seasons, led by running back Christian McCaffrey. Also, Lynn was an NFL running backs coach in some form for each of 14 consecutive seasons, 2003 through 2016. Now, it is true that Lynn lasted as Detroit Lions offensive coordinator for just one season. Uh, he was the Lions offensive coordinator January 2021 to January 2022. In fact, uh, Anthony Lynn was the Lions offensive coordinator prior to Ben Johnson uh, being the Lions offensive coordinator. And it is true that Lynn had a so-so run as Los Angeles Chargers head coach. He was the Chargers head coach from January 2017 to January 2021. His overall regular season record as Chargers head coach was 33-31, and 21-11 and 11 over the 2017 and 2018 regular seasons, but then just a 12-20 and 20 over the 2019 and 2020 regular seasons. But as I've said with Cliff Kingsbury off his sub-500 regular season record as Arizona Cardinals head coach, the commanders are not hiring Anthony Lynn as head coach or even offensive coordinator, just like the commanders did not hire Kingsbury as head coach. Uh, Lynn's job will be the commander's rushing offense, and hopefully he and Kingsbury, and also Brian Johnson, who reportedly is being hired as passing game coordinator or something similar, uh, can come up with an offense that marries that passing game with the running game. But let's think about Dan Quinn's coaching staff. It includes former Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury officially as offensive coordinator. Former Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn, reportedly with a prominent role as an offensive coach. Former Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator Brian Johnson, reportedly with a prominent role as an offensive coach. Former Oakland Raiders defensive coordinator and former Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator Ken Norton Jr., reportedly as linebackers coach, and former San Diego Chargers defensive coordinator and former Oakland Raiders assistant head coach slash defense, and then interim defensive coordinator John Pagano, reportedly as senior defensive assistant. So right there are two former NFL head coaches and three former NFL offensive or defensive coordinators on Dan Quinn's coaching staff. That's pretty good. That's a nice collection of football intellect and football experience. Uh, Commander's managing partner, Josh Harris, is uh, spending some money <laughs> uh, on this coaching staff, and I give him credit for that. Uh, Tom Donatel, who the Commanders reportedly are hiring as defensive backs coach, he spent the 2021 through 2023 seasons with the Los Angeles Chargers. He was their assistant secondary coach for the 2021 and 2022 seasons and was the Chargers defensive passing game coordinator slash secondary coach for the 2023 season. Uh, Tom Donatel is the son of 32-year NFL coaching veteran Ed Donatel. So it is worth noting that with Tom Donatel becoming commander's defensive backs coach, Jason Simmons, who had been reported by some as becoming the team's defensive backs coach and defensive passing game coordinator, uh, would appear to be just becoming the team's defensive passing game coordinator. And Daryl Tapp, 
uh, who the commanders reportedly are hiring as defensive line coach. Uh, He was the San Francisco 49ers assistant defensive line coach for the 2021 through 2023 seasons. Uh, Tap was Virginia Tech's co-defensive line coach for the 2020 season. Uh, Tap, as many of you know, a star defensive end for Virginia Tech. He played for the Hokies for the 2002 through 2005 seasons. And Tap's NFL career did include him playing for the Redskins. He played for the Skins in the 2013 season. You know, you take a step back and you process all of this. I think about it like this. Drafting and player development, two things that matter so much for all teams in all sports, right? Drafting and player development. Well, Adam Peters and Lance Newmark hopefully are going to get the commanders good at drafting. And Dan Quinn and this coaching staff hopefully are going to get the commanders good at player development. Those two things, drafting and player development, matter so much. It is time for our team to be good at those things. Well, Already Good is a catering by Uptown. It is the DMV's number one catering service, and it now is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Listen up if you or someone who you know is planning a wedding. Newly engaged couples can get 5% off any Catering by Uptown wedding package. Just call 301-572-7744. Set up your own personal tour of one of Catering by Uptown's premier waterfront venues and mention that Al Galdi sent you to get the discount. If you're planning a wedding, you want great service, but you also want a great price. Catering by Uptown provides both. Call 301-572-7744 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Catering by Uptown also can help you if you're planning a party or a corporate event. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations, and Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a 1,000 delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. And don't forget about the great offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Newly engaged couples can get 5% off any Catering by Uptown wedding package. Call 301-572-7744. Set up your own personal tour of one of Catering by Uptown's premier waterfront venues and mention that Al Galdi sent you to get the discount. That's 301 301- 572-7744 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Well, the Wizards have arrived at their NBA All-Star break. They have done so with a record of 9-45 and in this NBA regular season. Second worst record in the NBA. And the Wizards now have lost eight consecutive games, a 133-126 loss at the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday night. But with the Wizards being a tanking and rebuilding team, and with the 2024 NBA trade deadline having passed, more on that in a bit, what matters now more than ever before is how young Wizards players, how Wizards building blocks, or at least potential building blocks, are performing. And a Wizards building block who is surging right now is Denny Avdia. First of all, this game for the Wizards at the Pelicans on Wednesday night was a crazy game. Uh, The Wizards were without Kyle Kuzma due to a non-COVID illness, but the Wizards overcame a 20-point second-quarter deficit. They went from trailing in the second quarter by 20 points at 66-46 to leading in the third quarter by 6 points at 87-81, a 41 15 run, but the Wizards then lost the rest of the game 52-39. But also in the game was the Wizards making 21 threes, a new franchise record for most made threes in a regular season game. The Wizards went 21 of 45 on threes, and no Wizards player was better on threes 
than Denny Avdia was. Uh, Denny, in 39 minutes, 54 seconds as a starter, went 6-10 on threes, also went 7-14 on twos, and 11-13 on free throws. He finished with 43 points, 15 rebounds, including five offensive boards, three assists versus three turnovers, and a team-best plus-minus rating of plus 14. Yes, Denny Avdia on Wednesday night, 43 points and 15 rebounds. He became the first Wizards player to have at least 40 points and at least 10 rebounds in a regular season game since Russell Westbrook in May 2021. Denny is on fire. Uh, The 43 points were a new NBA career regular season high. Denny now has scored at least 20 points in each of four consecutive games, longest such regular season streak of his NBA career. And he, for this regular season now, has a true shooting percentage of 613. That is by far the best of his career. A true shooting percentage, a version of shooting percentage that takes into account threes being worth more than twos and takes free throws into account. Count. The Wizards took Denny Avdia with the number nine overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft. The Wizards took Corey Kispert with the number 15 overall pick in the 2021 NBA draft. And Kispert on Wednesday night, 32 minutes, 22 seconds off the bench, five of 10 on threes, two of five on twos, and one of one on free throws. He finished with 20 points, six assists versus two turnovers, and four rebounds. Also good on threes on Wednesday night, believe it or not, was Jordan Poole. (laughs) Yeah, he this season has been terrible on threes, but he on Wednesday night, 35 minutes, six seconds as a starter, five of 10 on threes. Uh, He also went two of five on twos. He finished with 19 points, six assists versus four turnovers, five rebounds, and three steals. Uh, Tyus Jones, another good game for him. He on Wednesday night, 39 minutes, 32 seconds as a starter, four of six on threes, one of one on twos. He finished with 14 points, 15 assists versus two turnovers and two rebounds. Jones remains number one among all qualified NBA players in assist-to-turnover ratio for this regular season. That ratio now at 7.22. He has 368 assists versus just 51 turnovers. And Marvin Bagley the third, another good game for him. He on Wednesday night in 30 minutes, five seconds as a starter. One of two on threes, five of 12 on twos, one of two on free throws. He finished with 14 points, 10 rebounds, including six offensive boards, two blocks, and two assists versus one turnover. The Wizards in this game also went 17 to 20 on free throws and total 35 assists, but did go just 23 of 47 on twos and did commit 19 turnovers. And while the Wizards' three-point defense was good, the rest of their defense was not good. The Wizards allowed the Pelicans to score 133 points, did hold the Pelicans to just 10 of 32 on threes, but the Wizards allowed the Pelicans to score 74 points in the paint and to go 37 of 51 in the paint. The Wizards also allowed the Pelicans to finish with 36 assists versus just 10 turnovers. Uh, The Wizards got ripped by Zion Williamson, 34 minutes, three seconds as a starter, 15 of 21 from the field, all two, six and nine on free throws. He finished with 36 points, eight assists versus one turnover and six rebounds. Uh, Also, I mentioned Kyle Kuzma not playing on Wednesday night due to a non-COVID illness. I did want to bring this up. What just came out about Kyle Kuzma? Uh, Wizards insider Josh Robbins of The Athletic in a piece that came out on Tuesday morning revealed that the Wizards prior to the 2024 NBA trade deadline last Thursday, February 8th, could have traded Kuzma to the Dallas Mavericks. Quote, how close did the Washington Wizards come to trading forward Kyle Kuzma to the Dallas Mavericks in the days leading up to this season's NBA trade deadline? So close that it probably would have taken only a little nudge from Kuzma himself to make the deal happen. When Wizards chief decision maker Michael Winger informed Kuzma that the general framework of a trade was in place to send Kuzma to the Mavericks, a potential deal that Winger felt only lukewarm about, Kuzma told Winger he wanted to remain with the Wizards. There was a point in time Dallas 
they definitely did want me, Kuzma told The Athletic on Monday before the Wizards played the Mavericks and American Airlines Center. Winger presented me with what the trade was and obviously didn't want to trade me and kind of left the decision up to me a little bit and asked me what I wanted to do. I told him I wanted to stay and continue to build something, and that was kind of the end of it. Winger called the Mavericks back and said the deal was off the table. If that level of transparency between team officials and a player ahead of a trade deadline sounds a bit unusual, well, it is unusual. Kuzma does not have a no-trade clause built into the four-year, $90 million guaranteed contract that he and the Wizards agreed to last summer. But Kuzma committed to re-signing with Washington after team officials traded Bradley Beal and Chris Knapps Porzingis. Those trades set in motion a rebuild that almost certainly will take years to complete. Winger pledged to Kuzma and Kuzma's agent, Austin Brown, that unless the Wizards received a trade offer in the future for Kuzma that was too good to refuse, he would listen to Kuzma's input about potential trades. The potential trade with Dallas was one of those instances, a potential trade that from the Wizards' perspective was fair, but not a home run. Kyle's an important player for us and a significant contributor to our developing culture, Winger told The Athletic on Monday. His commitment is necessary for us to achieve our competitive and environmental objectives. Under the circumstances, I wanted to check in with his belief to continue leading us. He re-emphasized his desire to forge ahead and we're honored to have him. It's unclear what draft pick or picks and player or players Dallas would have sent to Washington in the deal, end quote. Uh, So how about all of that? Really good stuff from Josh Robbins. Uh, But monumental basketball president Michael Winger asking Kyle Kuzma if he wanted to be traded to the Mavericks, even though Kuzma does not have a no-trade clause in his contract. People talk about NBA players having so much power. This is maybe the ultimate example. Even a guy without a no-trade clause gets treated as if he does have (laughs) a no-trade clause. As a Wizards fan, it's hard to know what exactly to think about this without knowing what the Mavericks offered the Wizards for Kuzma. Like, if the Mavs offered the Wizards multiple first-round picks for Kuzma and the Wizards did not do the trade, they're crazy, all right? But the article did say that the trade from the Wizards' perspective, quote, was fair, but not a home run, end quote. Well, next up for the Wizards is the NBA All-Star break. The Wizards' next game is at the reigning, defending NBA champion Denver Nuggets, Thursday night, February 22nd at 9. Well, if you know your Maryland basketball history, you know that one of the most infamous losses for the Terrapins was a home loss that happened on a Wednesday night that was Valentine's Day night. Wednesday, February 14th, 2001, a 74-71 loss to Florida State at Cole Fieldhouse in College Park, Maryland. FSU came into that game just 6-17 and on the season. The loss was the Terps' fifth loss in six games. The Terps got booed off the court in something that, to this day, the Terps head coach at the time, the legendary Gary Williams, a friend of this podcast, talks about. But, of course, the postscript was outstanding. Uh, Gary, as he so often did, rallied the troops. The Terps caught fire and ended up advancing to their first of two consecutive Final Fours. Well, I don't know that this season's Terps team will be making the Final Four, but I do know that the Terps on Wednesday night, what was Valentine's Day night, had a home game. But the Terps won this game. They, for this season, improved a 14-11 overall and 6-8 and in the Big Ten with a 78-66 win over Iowa at Xfinity Center in College Park, Maryland on Wednesday night. And this was a come-from-behind win. The Terps overcame an 11-point first-half deficit and a 10-point second-half deficit. They, in the second half, trolled by 10 points at 54-44. The Terps then won the rest of the game 34-12. 
Uh, more great defense by the Terps. They held Iowa to just 6 of 22 on threes and just 20 of 42 on twos. And the Terps defended without fouling. Iowa for the game had just 12 free throw attempts. The Terps had 29 free throw attempts. Maryland now for this season is number five in Division I men's basketball and KenPalm.com's adjusted defensive efficiency, which is points allowed per 100 possessions adjusted for opponents. Uh, the Terps defense is so good. It is a shame that the Terps defense is this good, and yet the team is very much on the outside looking in when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Uh, the Terps offense is the biggest reason why. They on Wednesday night were bad on threes, but we're good on twos and free throws. The Terps went just 4 of 17 on threes, but also went 21 of 35 on twos as the Terps outscored Iowa in the paint 40-28. And the Terps went 24 of 29 on free throws. And a big part of that was 6-1 point guard Jameer Young. Now, he in 38 minutes as a starter did go just 4-12 from the field, 0-2 on threes and just a 4-10 on twos, but Young also went 13 of 13 on free throws and finished with 21 points, three rebounds, and two assists versus one turnover. Uh, 6'9", Julian Reese, he in 38 minutes as a starter, went 7 of 10 from the field, all twos. He did go just 2 of 6 on free throws. Reese is a really bad free throw shooter, but he finished with 16 points, 13 rebounds, including four offensive boards and two assists versus one turnover. And really nice to see Deshaun Harris-Smith do what he did on Wednesday night. Deshaun Harris-Smith is a 6'5", true freshman who went to what is known as a PVI, St. Paul VI Catholic High School in Chantilly, Virginia. He on Wednesday night, 32 minutes off the bench, 2 of 3 on threes, 5 of 7 on twos, and 1 of 2 on free throws. He finished with 17 points, 6 rebounds, including 3 offensive boards, and 3 assists versus 3 turnovers. And Harris-Smith on Wednesday night, very good defensively. His defense Defense on one of Iowa's best players, 6'7", Peyton Sanford, was key. Here was Terps head coach Kevin Willard during his postgame press conference on Wednesday night on Deshaun Harris-Smith. I thought his defense was phenomenal. I thought, you know, obviously he's got good offensive numbers and he will, he will eventually give you those offensive numbers on a consistent basis as he gets older. But his defense on Sanford was a difference in in the game. You know, he really started being physical. He's chasing them off screens. Sanford hit some tough twos in the second half, but I thought he really did a good job of really staying on them and chasing them off. And I thought once they stopped getting easy threes, that really changed. That, that just gave us a little bit more confidence. Yeah, a good win for the Terps. Uh, next up for Maryland is a big game, home to number 14, Illinois, Saturday evening at 530. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show, episode 764. We'll provide you with more on the Commanders as we, on Thursday afternoon, expect to hear from both the Commanders' new offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury, and the Commanders' new defensive coordinator, Joe Witt Jr., via speaking to reporters. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Friday. This is a recalibrate, you know, finding our north again. And that starts, you know, with our identity of our club. So, no, I, you will not hear me say the word rebuild at all. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.